What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, and when I'm not doing this, I'm a NFL and fantasy football writer for Sporting News, and we're up and running there giving you all the good preview content, whether it's knowing how your favorite team in reality is going to do this season or really helping you with everything you need in this busy, busy week for fantasy drafts. And this show and the next couple shows, we're going to focus on that and kind of look at your fantasy draft in chunks of rounds here. And today's show, we'll look at the first five rounds. Those are kind of the core rounds in developing your team. And this is going to be the nucleus of hopefully what's a championship roster in 2016. So we'll break that down. We'll come back and look at the kind of middle rounds, then finish up with the late rounds on Wednesday. So that's how we're going to lay it out this week. We'll be all about draft prep. And so the thing I look at is standard league, 12 teams. I'll make some concessions here for PPR as we go along, but that's where we want to look at every spot there, 1 through 12, what you're thinking with each spot and how you should approach it. It's very tough this year because there are a lot of options right after you get to number one. So, so if you have the number one overall pick in the draft – Antonio Brown is looking like the guy that you can trust the most. And you've heard a lot about the wide receivers. We've been pumping them up a lot on this podcast uh, in our positional previews and overall draft strategies. And the reason you have to stick with that is a guy like Brown is like a RB1. He's going to give you a lot of catches in a PPR league. That's going to be an extra bonus. These guys have more value there. Even in these regular leagues, the, Catches are going to add up to the yards and touchdowns, much like we've seen before in a workhorse running back. And these are the workhorse wide receivers. And number one spot, if you take Brown, and I'll say this for every spot as we go along, you have to think about what you're going to get later. And you're not going to pick again for a while to the 24th pick. And you're probably looking at a good spot to get a running back, whether it's Eddie Lacy or LaShawn McCoy, Doug Martin. These are the type of guys that are kind of ranked in that range. Maybe Devonta Freeman because of Tevin Coleman's emergence or use in their offense might slip there. So that's what you want to look at. What are you going to get at that next spot? I think you could also potentially go for wide receiver again there, whether it's Keenan Allen or Amari Cooper, Brandon Cook, someone like that, and still have a good value. So with each pick, you're not just looking at the current pick, but what you're going to get later on the swing back in it. 
one because you're waiting so long you just have to have kind of an idea what you're going to get on the rebound it's not going to affect taking antonio brown at one but you, you just have to look at it to say okay if i have brown or that stud wide receiver i might look at that running back next and maybe circle guys that you're going to follow up with as your rb1 so that's how you have to start and on the swing you just have to say you have two opportunities there on the next pick where you can get that running back and wide receiver in any order you want so in terms of getting brown it, it kind of uh, sets you up nicely for that swing where you can go rb wide receiver you don't have to go two wide receivers at the next swing at that number two pick this one is interesting in the fact that Julio Jones and Odell Beckham Jr. have been getting a lot of steam for the selection. A lot of people have Beckham over Jones, but there's been an argument for Todd Gurley there as well. So you have to look at, I think Beckham is the next guy because of the touchdown potential. I don't like Julio Jones, and I really don't like him in relation to Beckham with a touchdown. So if I was going to go for the number two, I can't trust Jones there. Just I don't trust Atlanta's red zone offense, and that's where Beckham stands out a little bit more because in a non-PPR, Beckham is going to have more scoring potential for you. And and he's not that much different from Brown. Heavily targeted, a lot of weapons in that Giants offense, but they're different from Pittsburgh. So he it's still going to be a lot of targets from Eli Manning, and I don't see too much difference between Brown and Beckham. So I think you can take him safely too and kind of have the same thinking, come back for that running back a little bit later with your second round pick. With the third, this is where you kind of weigh what you're going to get later a little bit more because I mentioned Jones versus Gurley. And if you wait later and the type of runnings you backs you get, there's going to be that run there where everyone's going to jump on that borderline RB1-2 there at the end of the second round. and So then you might be saying, oh wait, look at the guys that are available at running back. There's quite a big drop-off. The next guy, you're looking at C.J. Anderson, possibly in a timeshare. You have Carlos Hyde, there's some durability issues, and Latavius Murray. So you're already out of luck if you're looking for that consistent, heavy load, reliable feature back. If you go ahead and take the wide receiver here you'll probably have to go wide receiver again and you're kind of uh, down that spiral of zero running back potentially so just be wary of that if you want and you like that reliable stud and that third pick it's a little bit more important to go for a girly or if he's not your guy of choice it's okay to go david johnson i think they're pretty close to me but it's always about how are you going to stack your positions later? And are you going to get something over everyone else here? With Gurley, you know you're going to get a pretty nice advantage over other RB1s in that top tier. Well, would say Jones, because of the touchdown question marks, it, I don't know if he's going to give you too much more than the wide receiver you could get with your second round pick. Now, I think four, five, and six, these are just definitely positions where you can go for that RB1, keep that up. David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Adrian Peterson, Lamar Miller, these are all candidates there in that group. And I think they go before the next tier of wide receivers in some order. You can look at Des Bryant, A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins. I like Bryant 
even with the Dak Prescott potentially in there for a long time, Dak and Des have a good chemistry. And with a rookie quarterback, they tend to be more targeting the guys that are the go-to guys and don't spread it around as much, trust those number ones to bail them out of situation. And A.J. Green, I also like a little bit more now with uh, Tyler Eifert in question. Brandon LaFell kind of banged up with a hand. Tyler Boyd, the rookie, is their next best receiving option at this point early in the year. So you look at this Bengals passing offense with Andy Dalton, the way he's played so far in the preseason, it looks very good, explosive. Green is going to see his targets going an uptick with just limited stuff around him. I think Giovanni Bernard could cut into that a little bit, but Green is still going to be a super, super targeted player. I, I just think the Bengals have a little bit more scoring upside than Houston. And for me, Hopkins in that range right in the, late in the first round, he's fine. Brock Osweiler is going to be more effective. The one thing that Hopkins – is going to be affected by is we mentioned Lamar Miller. He's going to get a lot more touches, not only to run the ball, but score in the red zone and uh, also be involved in the passing game. And you have Will Fuller and Braxton Miller looking like they're going to have some pretty important roles in this passing game, maybe take the pressure off targeting Hopkins too much. And you figure Houston with Osweiler is going to have a little bit more low value, low volume in the passing game. And I think they want to be a low-volume team. They don't want to get into shootouts here in this division with Blake Bortles and Andrew Luck. And they know that Tennessee is going to try to control the clock there with Marcus Mariota. So they're going to try to play some of that here in Houston. So that's why I kind of put Hopkins behind that. I think he's just an exceptional receiver. He's fine. He's going to be targeted a lot. But the numbers might be less to had because there's more things that Houston would like to do offensively. Well, I see Green and Bryant still like dominating on their teams early because of the circumstances around them. Now, with Rob Gronkowski, he's probably the most debated first-round pick because it's looking at a guy that's a tight end. You have to either commit to Gronkowski early and you have to accept that your draft is going to be kind of dictated by this pick a little bit more, or then you just wait for a while because I think – you get to a point where you're going for Jordan Reed or Greg Olson or someone in that next group of tight ends. I don't think there's as much separation. Once you get past Reed, really, Reed is the next guy in a tier of his own. But once you get past him, you're looking at a waiting game. So that's kind of going to dictate what you do here. If like if you like Gronk and you say, I want to have a huge advantage at this position, I'll take my chances with a little less at other positions – that's how you have to approach it. And so, say you take Gronk 10, 11, 12, you come around on the back end, you're not going to have maybe that receiver that you totally want because you're going to miss out on not only uh, Bryant, Green, and Hopkins, but probably Allen Robinson as well. So you're going to jump right into that next tier of wide receiver. But you should be okay with that because you're so far ahead in the tier with your tight end. And it's not bad to get a Brandon Marshall as your top wide receiver. It's it's perfectly fine. A lot of people are going to miss out. Half your league, technically, is going to miss out on uh, those elite, elite guys I mentioned. So to have Gronkowski and have that cushion and that bump at that one position is, is very helpful. And it allows you to so-called make mistakes or 
be okay with lesser guys at the other positions. So that's the one thing you keep in mind. You might say, oh, I got Gronk, but I feel really weak at these other positions. But really, you've, you have a cushion built in there with your scoring above the rest of the field where you can put together solid trio wide receivers, two solid but not spectacular running backs, and still be fine. And that's what you're going to do, basically. It delays your running back a little bit because you might go wide receiver, wide receiver next with Gronkowski and, and kind of uh, not go zero running back, but maybe go one running back in the first five rounds and then just plug in a bunch of guys as a potential RB2 later platoon situation. If you have a flex, you might be a little bit more aggressive with the running backs if you have to start what three wide receivers as well. But I think that's what you just have to keep in mind when you take Gronkowski of uh, the consequences later in the draft. Now, now that we've broken down the first round pretty significantly, we'll go through what you want to see your team coming together as in the second through fifth rounds. And I am a person that is going to say quarterback, you have to make sure that you're getting a good value there to try to commit to a quarterback in one of these five rounds. And if you look at it right now, the consensus is – Cam Newton is the number one, but he's only in the fourth tier overall, technically, to me. And he shouldn't be really going off the board until the late third round. And Aaron Rodgers is kind of right there with him with a grade. So you have to weigh this. If you, I think if you want Cam Newton, you have to kind of read into your league a little bit here. That's where the gamesmanship comes in. If you know you're in a league with a few quarterback jumpy guys that likes to have the big name roll out each week and don't worry about it, then you're going to have to expend a higher pick on Newton than you want. And I, I don't think you want to reach for any of these guys. I think Newton and Rodgers are right there. If you see one of these slip, that's where you have to be ready to kind of change course. And So Newton Rodgers in the third round, and then if you go down a little bit more, Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck are those two guys that are going to linger around in the fourth round so if you see any of these guys slipping a bit you're in a league where there are just guys willing to go late with quarterbacks or go quarterback streaming they're going to ignore some of the value that luck wilson rogers and newton can give ahead of their competition so if they slip past where they're supposed to go third round for the first two fourth round for the next guys if you see them kind of free-falling and say, wait, why is he still on the board? He surprises me. That's probably a good time to start targeting him. So you don't want to lock in to anything in terms of, oh, I'm going to wait for a quarterback. No, I'm going to jump into a quarterback. You have to kind of wait and see it play out and see how your team is. And, that, and I mentioned right at the top that this is the core. Those first five rounds are the core of your team. This is a team that you're putting together. Not only is it going to be consistent – as a whole week in and week out, but also have a few explosive guys in this bunch that can carry your team. And that's the thing about these four quarterbacks. There's going to be weeks like that where you, it's a trade-off. You have to see, is this guy going to help me have an explosive week, this running back or wide receiver? Like think about it there with like Jarvis Landry is a good example. Or Julian Edelman in that same range. Are they really going to help my team overall? win more than Luck and Wilson and can I get guys like that a little later absolutely Edelman and Landry are slot guys may see a little less targeting work if you wait a little bit 
you can fill out that wide receiver two, three, as you need. So that's what you have to weigh is how much are these guys really going to help you win in the big picture? Are they going to be that integral core that you trust? And I think, again, that comes into your format as well. Land, Landry and Edelman have more value in a PPR. So you'll weigh them a little bit more, and you might make that decision toward them instead of Luck or Wilson. So third and fourth round, that's what you kind of look at. Um, when you go down, I like to just circle guys that I think are going to have a big year. What A good example for me in the third round is Amari Cooper. I just say I really like what he can do this season in Oakland, and I want him on a lot of my teams, and you go from there. So – you don't mind then knowing these these are guys you're willing to pick a few spots earlier than you have on your board because you think they're going to outplay their average ADP or rankings on the cheat sheet. So that's a good strategy to employ here is just maybe figure out guys that you absolutely want no part of and focus on the sleepers and the talents that you think are ready for that big breakout. And that that's a good thing for your rankings. It'll help you make the quicker decisions. It'll make you handle the fly, the fast to time on the clock very well in the draft. So I, w- I would do that. Just go about and say, guys, I like guys. I like more than where they at or at guys. I like less guys that I don't want to touch this year and trust in any capacity. So that's how you uh, get prepared for mock draft a little bit better where you're never panicking. You have the guys you want to take. And if so, in some cases, you're okay reaching. Now, when we get to the third round, I mentioned Jordan Reed. and I think with Jordan Reed, he's a guy that you want to kind of take in the middle of the best wide receiver twos. And that's how you have to kind of look at his production. And I think for me, the early fourth round is about the right time to strike on Reed. There are some injury issues with him. I know he was fully healthy last year. He's still Kirk Cousins' main man there. But just the injury issues alone, I would target him more in that wide receiver two range. I probably like him ahead of uh, most of the RB type twos because you get into a lot of committee approaches around there. The Thomas Rawls, Matt Forte are kind of in that range. And, I mean, Jeremy Macklin is a good example. He's someone that's been ranked a lot there with Reed. I think Reed sounds just a little bit better because you're looking at Macklin, a number one option in his offense, Jordan Reed, number one option in his offense. And you think about Washington versus Kansas City, who's going to put up maybe more points in the passing game. You would lean Washington there. So that's how you make the decisions on that. And for me, after that with tight end, I see Greg Olson there in the fourth round. He's a guy that I can't recommend over Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson. He's a little bit older. They're going to have some more guys to throw to this year with Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches. Guys with similar catch radii that uh, Cam Newton can throw it up into the red zone. So that's what you look at there. Am I going to really get game-breaking value? Do I want Greg Olson as the core of my team? He's a nice little tack on maybe near the end of it in this uh top five the core of your team but in the middle of it uh, not so much I think then the danger zone that comes up is right in the beginning of the fifth round and these are where a lot of drafts are 
made and broken because these are the swing players, the surprises, the sleepers, and a couple guys that I really like here that are going to outproduce where they are is Jeremy Hill. I like his value, especially with Tyler Eifert out early in the season. The Bengals are going to lean on him a lot in the red zone. I think he's been consistently undervalued here. And Dante Moncrief as well in Indianapolis, I think he has a chance in a high-volume passing game, even with T.Y. Hilton, to be right there with Hilton in production. So then you would maybe fade guys with Golden Tate, Doug Baldwin that have done some things but are not necessarily the go-to guys here. And uh, DeMarco Murray with Derrick Henry really pushing him. I think he's going to be very overblown or overdrafted in the late fourth, early fifth. I think if you're looking at the next tier of quarterbacks, you look at when Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger, it's it's nice and convenient there. You have the Newton Rodgers, and you have Luck Wilson, and then you have Brees Roethlisberger. And I would really put them tight on my rankings board, but again, I think late fifth, early sixth for these guys make more sense. If you see them slipping and you say, I don't like the thing on the board, again, you relate it to are the guys left going to make your team as good than these two guys in that position? Then you have to say no or yes, and then go with that. Because in every draft, it's different. Maybe some guy that you really like is going to slide and that difference maker at another position. And then you don't maybe go for the quarterback, still play that waiting game. So you kind of have to go in and reassess quarterback with every pick you have from the third round on just say hmm is the guy undervalued and being underlooked here and can I steal him and that, that's how you kind of break it down with that position it's waiting game but sometimes you shouldn't wait when uh, something's staring at the face that can be a big difference maker so when you look at overall in your first five picks I, I think ideally you want to have two wide receivers, a very reliable wide receiver one, a wide receiver two. If you're not out of there with two wide receivers that are in clearly those tiers, I think you're a little bit in trouble. I would be fine if you wanted to go one run, bat, run running back, one tight end, one quarterback. I think running back is that position. I don't necessarily recommend zero running back because there's few consistent options early. But I like the one running back theory where you get one and it's even easier if you get that stud in the first round. You can play the waiting game and just go for best wide receiver, tight end available, maybe jump into that quarterback as well. But I'm also not opposed to going for some depth at wide receiver if you want to just get all three of your wide receivers there and and say three wide receivers, tight end, running back. These are you're going to have the game breakers there, and that's what you have to look at. Do you have enough game breakers, guys that are above the value of what they give you? And when we look at kind of the end of the fifth round, it this is kind of where you can wait for that wide receiver two. I think wide receiver two, whether you look at uh, Larry Fitzgerald in there, possibly Michael Floyd, his teammate, maybe John Brown, uh, Jordan Matthews potentially, that's where you can get the values here. Um, so I, I think that's a position you can maybe wait till this slot. I don't think there's any perfect way to play it, but 
I think you have to look at going RB1, wide receiver 1, in some order with your first two picks. Unless you make that luxury pick with Gronkowski, that's only going to be one person in one spot with that opportunity. So most other people are going to go in some order. Uh, more people are probably going to go wide receiver 1, RB1. But that's how you have to kind of play it because twos and threes you can stack pretty easily here going a little further down there's a lot of options sleepers for that two three type wide receiver production so tight end again it can be an afterthought a little bit if you don't get out of the top five rounds with the tight end that's totally fine as well because you can play the waiting game i think the last guy maybe you want to consider or last two maybe are travis kelsey and delaney walker other than that, then you should just completely play the waiting game. If you don't take one of those five tight ends, you're going to load your team with RBs and wide receivers, and, and maybe quarterback is where you go instead for that uh, tight end potential pick. So there are so many ways to break it down. The key is to be flexible, be ready to pounce on guys that have sl slid, got, be ready to pounce on guys that you really like. And that's how you're going to at least get the championship nucleus down on your fantasy football team early. So there you have it. That's the look at kind of the snapshot of how you approach the first five rounds of a standard 12-team, 17-round draft. We'll come and break down the middle rounds tomorrow and uh, look at the late rounds and kind of what your strategy should be there on Wednesday. So Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe on Audioboom or iTunes to get this podcast delivered to you week daily. We have a lot of great podcasts on the Lockdown Network that I urge you to check out. Matt Williamson on the NFL National Show is fantastic. We have about 25 local team shows, including Jeff Howe with the Locked On Patriots. Does a terrific job there. Knox Bardeen, Locked On Falcons. Just a bunch of great, great local shows. Chris Clark as well with the Chiefs. So please subscribe and listen to all those you'll be really informed and smarter than everyone else come football season uh, which is just around the corner here and thanks to our partners at today's pigskin and fanrags.com and all the content that they help uh, push for us and you can also check me out on sportingnews.com with all the great writers there as well so until next time this has been locked on fantasy football with Vinny Iyer what you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.